the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of serving God? Or tired of not serving God? Let's talk about that today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. Anybody who has gone through a major operation knows that it takes about a week to feel exhausted from laying around. Your muscles, they get atrophy, they grow weak. And oftentimes, spiritually, that's what happens to us as well. We get tired from being tired and doing nothing. And then we complain that we're called to do something. Today, we are encouraged from God's Word to do something. Are you tired of serving God? That's the title of the message. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules as we take a look at a variety of passages to encourage us and motivate us to be about God's business. Are you tired of serving God? I see some folks, as soon as they get saved, they get tired. They could party all night before they get saved. They get saved, they do good to get here on Sunday. Did anyone ever party till 2 or 3 in the morning and still go to work at 7? Yeah, I see hands. Yeah. I know my brother did. He lived with us. I know. Had to wear shades to church because his eyes were so bloodshot from drinking. I know. I know. I know some of you wearing your shades. No, that's okay. <laughs> Sin is a hard taskmaster. I come up with this title, and I'll tell you where we're going to go. Is a while back, talking with a guy, some kind of uh, church fundraising and stuff, and thinking of ways to handle our mortgage. Our mortgage is due March. We have to refinance it. See, we've got to talk a lot more about money in this church than we want to. You just don't have to do it. But the leaders do. We have to deal with banks and loans and things like that. And while we were there and talking, we heard this line that went, uh, well, maybe our people are suffering from giving fatigue. Giving fatigue. Could you define that? Well, you know, they're tired of giving. They're tired of stewardship programs. They're tired of offerings after the meeting. Hey, it's fatigue. They just wore out about it. And later, Tim and I felt rebuked that we didn't scream outrage, but it sounded so rational. It sounded kind of good. Giving fatigue. A lot of you have got marriage fatigue. You're looking for another one. Well, honey, if you're wore out from the one you're in, don't get a new one. It's going to take lots of energy for a young one. And you're so old and ugly, you don't have enough of you to give to a young one. So you better hang out. I'm just kind of tired of being married. What do you mean you're tired? Well, I've been married two years. 
or uh, I have children for tea. How many do you have? Well, I'm just pregnant. I haven't had one yet, but I'm tired. Something I've noticed, nobody's got receiving fatigue. I've known no, no, no one that complains about receiving too much. I've got to give you this precious little poem. Go break to the needy sweet charity's bread. Forgiving is living, the angel said. What? Giving again, I ask in dismay. Must I keep giving and giving away? Oh, no, said the angel, piercing me through. Just give until the Father stops giving to you. Whenever God stops giving to you, find an excuse not to give. But then... The Macedonians will outdo you because in deep poverty, they not only gave what they had, but they gave themselves. I looked up this word for fatigue, and I thought it was my biography. It it says, because I've been sick for a month with this cold, and I hate it because I don't want to whisper when I preach. Let's whisper about sin, but I want to get loud about God. If you don't like that, too bad. You're in the wrong church. I don't think God is a, the undertaker. He doesn't bother. Symbols, clapping, instruments. No. Go to the cemetery. It's quiet and it's orderly. I, I take the book of Psalms to tell me how to do church, not your tradition. Psalms is good enough for me. Listen to what fatigue means. Low energy. Well, this cold, believe me, uh, all, all you want to do is sleep. And Carolyn said, well, that's all you've been doing most of your life anyway. <laughs> Low energy, exhaustion, tiredness, weariness. The antonym is energy, the opposite of that. So uh, I thought, well, I want to look up the Greek words uh, for this. Couldn't find fatigue, but you find the word faint or lose heart, from the same Greek words. And it means become weary, tired, to lose heart. It's used that way, to despair. Uh, It was used of a woman getting ready to deliver a child, and she becomes afraid. Uh, And so it was used of fear, so giving in and throwing in the towel that uh, she just is abandoning herself to fear uh, in this process. To lose courage, to flag, to faint. And so I looked up to six places in the New Testament where the word is used, and I thought we'd look at it. Let's go to Second Thessalonians. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life. What's that? Doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Sounds like American young people. Many And many are out of work today. No matter what the stock market is doing, unemployment is still very, very high. And that's not because of laziness. Just can't get a job. But here he had believers that were not working. And without work, what did they do? They took the time on their hands to become busybodies, meddlers in other people's affairs. Now such persons would command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. They were coming to the church to be subsidized. He said, you need to work, 
seek to meet your own needs and uh, quit meddling. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. And what was the good they were doing? They were working on a job. They were feeding people that were hungry. But they were employed. Uh, they were, uh, and he's saying, don't let these loafers, don't let these undisciplined people, these people looking for handouts, these people just got all this time on their hand, uh, standing around, and you're getting up Monday morning, going to the job, working, laboring like God told you. And you're saying, well, man, they're not doing anything. They're just sloughing. Uh, they don't ever seem to hold a job. Why? I mean, how many of you on Monday morning on the way to work say, I thank you, God, I've got a job? Three of you. Has anybody ever been unemployed for three months? I grew up with a depressing father that could talk about waiting at the gate all day and hope you can work all day for a dollar. And every, you could ask, there's three of us boys here. We always was hearing him, thank God for a job. Thank God for a job. I'm, he's the only man I ever heard talk that way. You may do it, but I grew up with that man. Thank God I got a job. I've got a job. I don't want to loaf. I don't want to hang out. I want to make an honest day's living. I want to support my family. And so he says, don't get weary of just work, having a job. Thank God for your job. Thank God he's giving you the means and the health to supply your needs. So he choose right there. Don't, don't lose heart. Look at Luke uh, 18.1. Luke 18.1. See the second place we look at this. Luke 18.1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to what? How's your prayer life? This is an interesting verse. It could be cause and effect. Uh, don't neglect to pray because if you do, you'll lose heart. And I, I like that. I'm not exactly sure that's the exact meaning. Or it could be uh, pray and don't lose heart. And then he tells a parable about a woman going to an unjust judge. And if she would have given in easy about her request and she would have just thrown in the towel, she wouldn't have got what she needed. But she persisted, persisted. She didn't uh, lose heart. She persevered. She got what she needed. Have you ever had one of these things? Well, God, I've asked you three times and you haven't done it. And so you just throw in the towel and you, and you just lose heart. Or there's another way I've seen this. Whenever I do not pray about issues, I do lose heart. Have you ever found that true? That you can be in there doing everything, doing, and you can lose your heart. Or it's the idea, don't lose heart at this matter of praying. Be like this woman who persevered. Don't give up so quickly. Don't lose heart. Don't become faint. Don't just throw in the towel. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians. So, when it comes to work, don't lose heart. When it comes to prayer, don't lose heart. 2 Corinthians 4, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to ministry, 
Listen to this. Therefore, being a new covenant minister, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. God has given me a ministry, Paul says. I'm being chewed up and spit out by the Corinthian church. They, it's the most heartbreaking epistle to see how they treated Paul. Bad. I've gone through one thing after another. But he said, I received my assignment from the Lord. And he goes on in verse 2. I'm not a crook. I'm not peddling the word of God. I'm not unethical. But I'm not going to lose heart at doing what God's told me to do. Now, here's a good question for you to answer. What gets done in the body of Christ that God does through you? If you died, would anything be missing in the body? Or are you people that God saved on purpose, gave you a gift on purpose, created you in Christ Jesus for good works, Ephesians 2.10. That you were created with a purpose. I think of Rick Warren's The Purpose uh, Fell Life. So millions of people. No sense. Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? Paul was a man. I have a purpose. I have a ministry to fulfill. I'm not going to lose my heart. I'm not going to throw in the towel. If you listen to your heart. If you listen to people, if you listen to circumstances, it'd be easy to resign every week. Throw in the towel. Sunday school teacher. I think of you teaching young ones. They don't write encouragement cards. They don't give you uh, Christmas gifts. Uh, They don't say you're doing a great job. Just think of those who teach our children how little feedback they get from the child themselves. They don't see 45 people on a one Sunday service say, I want Christ. It'd be easy to throw in the towel. Where are the results? What are the perks? Where's the kudos? Good job, good job. Little six-year-olds don't do good job. Keep up the good work, teacher. No, they just don't. Too young. Is there anybody here that you teach because God told you to? You you do this because God told you to. You're doing that, whatever it is, it does not matter. But you have a sense of mission under God, not this pastor. I can make you guilty in about one more minute. I know how. It just won't last. Guilt only lasts for that service. It doesn't keep you going. He said, I have this ministry from God. I know what he wants me to do in the body. I therefore do not lose heart. I'm going to keep at it. Verse 16, he uses the same phrase. uh, Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. What is he saying there? He's saying, I will not let uh, hard times Uh, Cause me to give up. My body may be sick. My circumstances may be tough. But I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm staying with it. Uh, I have a purpose. 
and I'm going to keep at it. Hard times won't make me. My body is going through all kinds of things. Paul was suffering. Eye problems, health problems. Get beat up as much as him. I think you could have arthritis. Seriously. Who knows the health? But I do not lose heart. I do not lose heart. Ephesians 3.13, he uses this phrase, and there it's used, don't uh, lose heart because you see what I'm suffering to be a preacher to the Gentiles. And he's telling the Gentiles, don't lose heart because you see me suffer. Don't lose heart. I think right now, we've got Rose Burton dying from leukemia. I got a pastor friend in Oregon dying of leukemia. His wife has leukemia. We've got a a Jerry Galvin suffering right now, battling his health. We got a Sandy McNeil whose father could die any moment, has just gone through a severe week of life, death, stopping bleeding in him, uh, getting the cancer under control. There are all kinds of believers I know, good people that are suffering right now. And he's Paul saying, my suffering comes because I've paid a price to bring the gospel to you. But don't get discouraged about it. I do it all over again. I never forget, I was at a um, John MacArthur pastor's conference one year. And uh, when we were there, the last day, Saturday morning, they kept saying, hang out. We're going to wrap up the week with something special. Well, there being, they had like a patio out there. And when we went there, you had pieces of a plane all over the place. And we thought, that seems a bit strange. And uh, we, we go and we look and you go in the meeting. And so eventually the guest to be presented was uh, Nate Saint's son. Well, Nate Saint was one of five men killed in Ecuador in the 50s, taking the gospel to a remote village and tribe of headhunters. Well, Nate Saint's son was there. Good. He's going to talk to us. Nate Saint gets up. He talks a little bit. Then all of a sudden, he says something like this. I would like to introduce you to the man that killed my father. Dayuma, come up here. And this man that he was kind of like this, he looked like he's in his 60s, but he had just like a nervous energy about him. He's just like a boxer. You know, he just, just like that. Uh, he was just in perpetual motion. And he brings him up, and he starts interviewing him in his tongue. And, and before they go very long in the interview, he said, Dayuma and I would like to sing a song to you in this Ecuadorian dialect. And they sing some praise song. He said, I never dreamed that the man that killed my dad would one day become my brother. Some would say my my dad and Jim Elliott died in vain. It's stupid. It is stupid to lose five men in one day to a headhunting tribe. What a waste of training. They went through Wheaton College. They'd all been trained in college. They were all intelligent men. They were pilots. They were this and they were that. But before he died, Jim Elliot had written in his journal these words. 
He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep. Your life. To gain that which you cannot lose. Look at Galatians 6. Don't feel sorry for a martyred church. Don't feel sorry that there are people today being killed in Iran, Iraq, Jordan, and uh, Syria because they are gospel preachers. Do not feel sorry for them. Listen to what he says in verse 6. The one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. What is the verse saying? There ought to be a reciprocal relationship through you being taught the word and taking care of those who teach you. Now, some would limit this just to maybe uh, itinerant preachers, pastors. It, it probably a, something to be a bigger concept. If a local church or whatever ministry is blessing you, some way reciprocate with it. Reciprocate. Back and forth. We give to you. Give to us. We may be giving something spiritual, training, whatever. You give something that helps pay the rent or helps uh, me buy tires for the teacher that's broke. Whatever. It's reciprocal. Then he says, do not be deceived. I wonder why he said that. Because we are stupidly deceived. And what are we deceived about? We're not only deceived, but we mock God. And this is very scary. And do not mock God. So two errors. I'm self-deceived. And in my self-deception, I say something astoundingly stupid and sacrilegious about God. And that is this. I deny this principle. God has said, you will always reap what you sow. And if you don't believe that principle, you're mocking me and you're deceived. It doesn't matter whether it's good, you'll reap good. If it's bad, you're going to reap bad. If you sow uh, pennies, you're going to reap pennies. If you sow dollars, you reap dollars. If you sow a life, you're going to reap eternal life. Now, what's interesting, he's going to say in verse 8, there's only two fields you can invest your life in. Oh, not three, just two. Just two. One field is rotten. The other field is eternal. Eternal life. Let's look at what he says. For the one who sows to his own flesh, whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. That is a principle, whether it's farming, whether it's good, money, service, just anywhere you use that principle, it is true. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. You either sow there or he's giving them another field. You can walk after the flesh or you can walk after the spirit. You can sow after the flesh or you can sow after the spirit. You will reap from the flesh and you will reap from the spirit. 
And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. Today.